Good morning, everybody. It's Monday, April 3rd, 2023. I'm Herb Morgan, Senior Managing Director and Chief Investment Officer here at Cantor Fitzgerald Investment Advisors. This is my weekly economic market, economic and market commentary. As a reminder, of course, you can follow me intraweek on both Twitter and LinkedIn. There's not always commentary there, but there, if there is intraweek commentary necessary, that's where you find it. Uh, this is available as a subscription-based email pushed document, which includes all the slides, graphs, and charts, or as an audio-only podcast. The name of the podcast is Slaying Bulls and Bears, Making the Complex and Complicated Simple and Sensical. Presentation uh, has been prepared by Cantor Fitzgerald Investment Advisors for use with investors and financial advisors, each of whom are expected to make their own investment decisions. Nothing contained in this presentation should be treated as investment advice. There are no recommendations for the purchase or sale of any securities. This is strictly for informational purposes only. Well, reasonably good economic data last week, but really good, really fantastic stock market performance last week. So here we are in a situation where I've told you that I believe we've already entered the recession. We still have inflation above the Fed's target. We have all kinds of issues going on in the world, war in the Ukraine. Now we find out on Sunday that OPEC has decided to cut oil production, which puts further upside pressure on inflation. Yet the markets go higher. Why? Because the markets are forward looking. They're a discounting mechanism. They're able to see how much the economy has slowed and know that the Fed will be in a position soon to probably end up cutting interest rates. Maybe not on the May 3rd meeting, but certainly it's the, the markets are looking forward and saying as early as June or July, the Fed could be cutting interest rates. And therefore that is seen as stimulative and the markets are reacting well in advance. Doesn't mean the bear market's completely over. Certainly doesn't mean the recession is over. Certainly doesn't mean that inflation has reached the Fed's 2% target but a strong positive week across the board for equities. Interestingly, even though the bond market was down slightly, you can see the aggregate bond index down about a half a percent. High yield bonds, which are the risky end where spreads had been widening relative to treasuries, really outshine last week up 2%. So let's move on and look at some of the data we got last week. Start with wholesale inventories. February wholesale inventories were up two tenths of a percent. That was a better than expected number. They were expected to be down for the second month in a row. Then we've got data on home prices. Also, home prices were expected to be down, but they actually rose according to the FHFA price index. They were up two tenths of a percent. And the year over year gains, which had been running north of 20%, hot, hot, hot because of the zero interest rates, now back down to more normal levels, still high. 5.3% year over year. Case-Shiller Home Price Index told a very similar story, except for in January, prices were down, just down less than expected. Their year over year gain is 2.55%, a little bit less than expected. But they too had been running uh, a year ago on the right-hand scale there. They too had been running in that 20% plus range. And those numbers are getting back to more normalized places. In terms of homes moving and selling, pending home sales actually rose in February 
you can see it's the third monthly increase in pending home sales. Why? Because the interest rate hikes, interest rate hikes seem to have moderated. And in fact, 30-year mortgage rates have come down just a little, just a little. Uh, weekly claims for unemployment remain extremely low, down, um, excuse me, up from 198 to one, excuse me, up from 191,000 to 198,000, and continuing claims roughly unchanged. It's, it's an increase, 1.689 up from 1.685. We got a revision to the fourth quarter GDP report, and uh, it was revised down one tenth of 1% from the original estimate of 2.7 down to 2.6. So not we're not showing inflation. Remember we had those two back-to-back -back negative quarters back here and I said that's really not a recession because you look at the components that are driving it, personal consumption being the most important, that's what was revised lower. So it does show some more slowing of the economy. Service spending also revised lower from 2.4 to 1.6% gains. Moving on to personal income uh, and spending for February, personal income rose three-tenths of a percent, personal spending rose two-tenths of a percent. So solid gains there. But this is the main reason I believe the market rallied, is we saw some better than expected report, although very marginally so, on inflation. Now there are many, many indicators of inflation. But the Fed's preferred gauge for measure, measuring whether or not they're meeting their price stability mandate, which they self-define as 2% core PCE year over year. That's the red line, percentage change from a year ago. You can see it topped out here about five, four, five and a half, and it's trending lower. Headline number, which had topped out at seven, is trending lower at a faster pace. But Core PCE, core PCE was expected to go up four tenths. It was up three tenths. That's a huge win for the Fed. Uh, year over year was expected to be 4.7. It's up 4.6. Moving on to um, Chicago business, the Chicago PMI rose 43.6 to 43.8. It remains in contraction. You can see here the 50 line is there. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven consecutive months of contraction. Looks a lot like what we saw over here. That was a recession related to COVID. Uh, we have other periods where we go below 50 and don't go into recession. But now that we've seen, remember last week I showed you Philly Fed and Empire State, regional business PMIs, and they've both been negative for a considerable period of time. Put all that together, that's why I've made my call that I think we are in the recession. And once that's declared, there's no way the Fed can obviously continue to raise interest rates. Uh, report from uh, both University of Michigan and the conference board last week on how we feel, us consumers, feel about the economy. Consumer confidence for the month of March rose a little bit and was pretty significantly above expectations. You can see back here to 20 in the recession, it got quite a bit worse. We haven't got there yet. So for those that are, would kind of make the case and argue that maybe we're not in recession, they would point to things like this. Um, University of Michigan sentiment, very similar, you know, low, um, and actually in this one, lower than we were during the actual call the declared recession back in 2020. Despite sort of, despite war in Ukraine, despite higher than expected inflation, despite a very tight labor market, 
despite a significant slowdown in manufacturing, all of that, and we still have this market that wants to keep going higher. This is a chart, a graph of the S&P 500. Blue line represents the S&P 500. It does look now like it bottomed in mid to late October. Because why? Well, you look at this and you say, okay, we go up to a new high from here, a new high, and we go down and that's a higher low. So that low is higher than that low. That's a possible reversal of the, of the trend. Then we go up to another high above that one. So it's a higher high and a lower low, excuse me, a higher low, higher than that one. So is the trend reversing? Well, you add in the 50-day moving average. Prices are above the 50-day moving average, the S&P 500. And the 50-day moving average is above the 200-day. And they're both starting to turn higher. This is sort of that classic technical, about the fundamentals for a second, but the technical pattern that suggests we're in the early stages of a new bull market. Still, you can make the case easily that it's just a bull run within a secular bear market. And I think the defining factor of which argument turns out to be correct will be earnings. As we get into earnings here in about a week, a week from now, middle of next week, we'll start with the financials, which are gonna be tough. Um, and then we move on. What we need is to see this S&P get to a higher high again, which would be above this 41, called 4180 level we reached at the early part of February. But the NASDAQ composite, which is more tech oriented, obviously, is actually saying we're already there. So here's you got your bottom, right? Back in October, test it, test it again. There's one, two, three, start to rally, get to this 12,200 a higher low, and now, on Friday, a higher high, 12,222. 50-day moving average going higher, gold line. 200-day moving average turning higher, silver line. So as goes the NASDAQ, so goes the country these days. That's where the most innovative and significant companies are listed. So we're really at a possible turning point, and I, and I think the that intelligent, well-reasoned arguments can be made for both. But here's the argument I'll make. It doesn't make sense to try to trade around all this when you're sort of bullish, and you're sort of bullish, you need to overweight equities. When you're sort of bearish, you need to underweight. But trying to sell because something happened or you think something might happen, think how bad the economic news has been since October. There really hasn't been any good news. Yet the NASDAQ's up 20%. The composite here is up 20%. It just goes to show you that, that staying invested and being a disciplined investor and reacting when things are cheap is probably the best course of action for many of us over the long term. Okay, data this week. We've got um, uh, the final S&P Global, S&P Global, but it's the U.S. Manufacturing PMI uh, today. ISM today, construction, auto sales, all coming up today. Go Aztecs, by the way, tonight. Tuesday, factory orders expected to be down. Uh, job openings expected to be down another 400,000. That gives the Fed some room. 
And jobs reports, the two big ones, ADP on Wednesday and the big Bureau of Labor Statistics on Friday. Jobless claims, as always, on Thursday. Trade deficit. Then we got the two services PMIs expected to be in expansion still on Wednesday. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. We'll see you again next week.